0: But always remember that motherhood is a choice you make every day to put someone else's happiness and well being ahead of your own, to teach the ad lessons, to do the right thing even when you're not sure what the right thing is, and to forgive yourself over and over again for doing everything wrong. Hey, 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 welcome back. I know why you're here. I know, I know why you're here. You're here for the second part of the episode um 40 so 40b is that how you say I need to find some better names for the numbers anyways thank you for clicking back into this yes like I said I promised I promised that I was going to be uploading the second part to this and yes why not start from here so for this particular episode you know we don't start if we don't do our code table codes now this particular part we went more into individual experiences from it and you'll be hearing a lot more from my sisters on here but yeah, I wanted to touch up on um, some quotes. Now, being the eldest child in a family means you were the first one to experience the challenges of adulthood, even before you were ready for it. I know I'm not the first one or the only one that sees on social media. Even recently, I think it was this year or last year, I noticed there's actually a firstborn celebration day. Now, I don't know the day or date by heart, but I think it's a wonderful thing to celebrate firstborn child because unfortunately they are the experiments a lot of my friends told me how my my and she definitely was the experiment of the family because myself and my husband we'd never had children before before we had her so she was a learning curve for us i remember bringing her home and we're like how do we change diapers just before my mom arrived to help and support us through the whole process but here yeah, definitely the first born child they often carried the weight of responsibility forced into adulthood before their time and you will hear the version of it from my, like a kind of a summarized version of it from my big sister on this particular episode and how my immediate younger sister Tolu, how she was thrown into that particular side of things as well because she was the eldest in the states with our younger ones. And then, and how she had to take on the responsibilities and take a whole lot away from that part, from that whole experience. Also within this particular episode, we touched upon abandonment, children that are abandoned. And I found, yeah, I would always find something around that, isn't it? Abandoned children are like stars in the sky, shining bright despite the darkness. Now, irrespective of your personal situation, if you've gone through a similar situation or for one reason or the other, you feel like an abandoned child or you went through abandonment at one point or the other in your life. This is to reassure you that in the eyes of abandoned, in the hearts of um, abandoned children lies a resilience that knows no bounds. So that friend that you see that is so resilient, that is so honest, that is so ambitious, that is so, I've got to get my life together. I'm doing this. Afraid or not, I'm doing this. I'm going to channel my pain into it. You don't know what kind of pain they carry. You don't know what kind of weight they carry. You probably have some that, you know, they had a very wonderful childhood. You know, I I envy them of some sort, some way or the other. But yeah, congratulations to you guys. But there are a lot of people out there that I've gone through abandonment due to family decisions, family separations, and things like that. And it has driven them into being resilient, being go-getters. There's something about trauma, isn't it, that just makes you want to want more out of life, that wants you to do more for yourself. And yeah, those are the things we sort of touched upon in this particular episode. And, And I just, you know, just to reassure someone else out there again, that the scars of abandonment may run deep, but they are a testament to the strength and resilience of abandoned children and about of the abandonment you went through so don't give up just yet it might be taking longer you see your friends falling into place things falling into place for them easier than it does for you don't worry don't worry this is your opportunity to do even greater things it's going to happen for you as long as you don't give up but you can't give up now you already grew out of that phase if you've already grown out of it and if you're still going through it or maybe about to go through it I will continue to ask for wisdom for you. I'll continue to say, get people around you, get good people in your corner because we all need good people in our corner. We all need one of the, the parts that my sister mentioned and um, Tully um, totally mentioned, you know, we all need people in our corner. And it's very important that you have the right people in your corner that would help you through this journey. And another thing I wanted to mention very quickly is that don't wait to set the right foundation for your children because God forbid, anything can happen at any given time. I told an example, I mentioned an example in there. Those that went through World War II, those that have been through any type of war, they never planned it. They never thought it was going to happen. But whatever foundation they had instilled in their children or in themselves would have potentially helped them through that particular journey. So you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I pray good things continue to happen to us. But we know already by now, especially if you're an adult and you're listening to this, that sometimes bad things happen too. But when they happen, so that's why we need to be prepared. Preparation meets opportunity. Prepare your children now. Prepare them for the days that you don't know that might come. Just prepare them already. Let them be prepared. As you listen to this particular episode, again, don't forget to show us some love. Show me some love. Show my siblings. Show my mother some love. Drop us a comment. Remember, we're on YouTube now. Yes, we're on YouTube. I'm on YouTube. I've started to upload some of this podcast on YouTube. So subscribe to the channel. Thumbs up on the channel. Show some love. Share this with your friends and family. Share this with one or two people. Don't be the village people in your story. Let them listen to it and just reassure them that you're not alone. I started a podcast. I've always said it because, you know, sometimes you feel like you can't resonate with some things and sometimes you can resonate with it. But this is a a different voice. This is is a different perspective. This is someone else's journey. This is my journey. And hopefully it helps you look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm not alone after all. I'm not a misfortune, I'm not a disappointment, I'm not filled with bad luck. Life just happens to the best of us but when it does, for those of you going through it, for those of you that have been through it, you can come out taller, you can come out at the top and things will work out for you. You're probably not there yet, I'm not there yet, we're not there yet, we're far from it but we see growth, we see development, we see changes and we're so grateful for the journey thus far, and for where we're going to. Enjoy this episode. From your own perspective of this period, of that season in your life, what what, what, what can you remember of the experience and how that made you feel in that season?
1: When mom was just talking um, about having to drop me off at school, you know, what's funny is, like, her saying it, I now it takes me back to those moments because like there's, there are lots of things like I try to like kind of block out and forget, you know, but going back to those moments of her dropping me off at like five thirty, six, and it's still so dark. And I have to sit there with the administrators in the office. I, you know, what's, I actually met my first African friend while sitting in that office because she was doing, her parents were doing the same things. Yep. With her, they were dropping her off. I remember her, her name is Lillian, and she was from Kenya. Yeah. And so, like, that's how we met. And you and mom also said, like, I, I felt I had to like grow up fast. And yep. I definitely remember taking on that role. You know how everyone's like first daughters are, you know, they they give themselves away so much. And MJ really does do that. And I feel like I was a first daughter as well. At that time. For, for, that a, for many years, I actually had to take on that role. And for I still kind of do a lot of taking on responsibilities as, you know, as those things have happened in the past. You know, the for example, I used to After middle school, middle school was when mom used to drop me off like Mm -hmm. at 6.30. But when I got to high school, I had mom left the responsibility to me, even though my school started first and Bolu and Moyu's school started later, but they couldn't stand at the bus stop by themselves. So I had to like forego taking the bus at some time, sometimes in wait with them at the bus stop make sure they got to school and then i would have to like either walk to school or take the public transportation to school and i would be late so many times and there's like this thing that i actually never told mom for so many years like sometimes when they would have cuz she would be off to school she would be off to work and i would have dropped them off at the bus stop the bus stop the bus would have taken them to school I would just be like, okay, I'm just going to go back in and spend the day in the house and act like I went to school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because there was nobody
1: no, there to, to no, you know, no one else to like, no, no one yeah, else yeah, to, to hold you accountable actually, to actually to go hold to hold me accountable. I was accountable for myself. And I was like 12, 13, you know, 13, 14, you know, around that time. So like, I just would stay yeah, home the Yeah, that's
2: a come, job, Shepreka.
1: You know, and then even when, like, when back then the school would call to say, oh, this person didn't attend school, but mom is still at work and I would be the one to still take the call. So she didn't know I didn't go to school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And that affected me so much because obviously academically, I was, I didn't, I wasn't pulling my weight. I wasn't doing well. I wasn't attending school. And she didn't know. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, sharing that.
0: Now, We are sharing this is not because ours is the worst story or ours is the best story. We're sharing what? this for you to have, especially for those that are just coming into that decision of separation within the family and those that are still going through it right now for you to understand because of the younger ones and some of the things that you you, you need to pay attention to. Because now look at that story my, my sister has just shared. This is the first time my mom is hearing that story. Yeah. It's a possibility and there is likelihood of that now that it happens within your family. All of the stories, whatever we've shared right now is is a lessons learned from it. Because now you see people, I, I there's something I say a lot, you know, it doesn't take a lot to be nice. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know things that are happening in families. You don't know what they've had to, what decisions they've made that is currently affecting them. My sister said something earlier about the fact that she's tried to block out a lot of things. Now, psychologically, when you're blocking out a lot of things, there is a way you're training your brain. It's like when you're training your brain to be a type of way. You're training yourself to be, a t- you start going to the gym and you're working hard to build some muscles. With time, the muscles will actually start to build because that's the direction you're building the muscles into. The same thing with your brain. If you're training your brain to forget certain things, after a while, the brain will adapt to actually forgetting some things. Recently, I was having a chat with my sister, Tolu, and I was telling her about, you know, it's strange. Actually, we went to Nigeria a couple years back. I think it was in 2021, just before COVID struck. We went to Nigeria and there were some things I could literally actively remember to the T. Because... I tried as much as possible. I worked really hard in blocking out the middle part of my life and my memory where things were not great because I needed to hold on to the good times of my life, growing up and then continue with it. Now, the blockage of that now, a lot of people say, not a love, my, uh, my husband, I think uh, people notice it, but they don't even say it to me. But those that are really close to me and they love me, they say it to me. I'm very forgetful. We all need some type of healing. We do. I definitely do. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress, trying to get it. But when you've trained something for so long, we're talking about more than 20 years journey of how we've trained it. Now, just so I don't continue, you know, I would continue to talk. Tifei, this is a question for you. How has the experience of family separation shaped your outlook on relationships, family and life in general? How has all these things, everything we've been talking about today, how has it shaped your idea of, oh, relationship, all your decisions on this is what I don't want in my family or relationships generally?
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. How has the dynamics of my family shaped the kind of family that I want? I think a lot of what everyone has already shared and I'll talk, talk about these in, like, two different uh, two different phases. How it shaped what I wanted and the idea I wanted for a family before and pre-therapy and, like, pre-introspection and then post-therapy and post-introspection. Because as you guys are saying, like, as we're having these conversations, people are talking about – Tolu talked about having to block things out. You talked about having, having a lot of, like, issues with memory – which sometimes like with family separation, there can be those difficult things There can be those traumatic events that cause them traumatic events that can happen while your family is separated, which I'm sure we all have stories to tell here. And that causes like trauma and that trauma affects like areas of our brain that process memory. And that's how that's connected. And so you're exactly right in what you said, Antiesta. But pre-therapy, because of the ways my family had kind of like been separated. Um, as Tolu said, she was like the adult. She was the she was the first daughter for us here in America. It was me, her, and Moyo. And yeah, for a long time, I know for several years, like I didn't really talk to you or MJ like that. Just because of, like, access, social media, like, we didn't have that, like, we didn't have iPhones to talk and things like that beforehand. And so for a long time, like, Tolu was the closest, like, the closest, like, adult sibling that I had. And she was kind of like a second mom to me. And I am so, so forever grateful for her. As you guys said earlier, like, I am on the precipice of, like, getting my doctoral degree in the next few months. And as she said, there's a lot of like academic, there were a lot of like um, academic issues that she ran into because she sacrificed so much of like her time, her experiences, um, so that Moyo and I can like get better education. And I'm forever grateful to her for that. And because I was able to see those issues with like mom and our family coming from like an upper middle class family in Nigeria, and now starting to. And now, like, being in America, mom working in, like, fast food or as a nursing assistant, working night shifts. And then, like, my mom was always worked. All of the hard work that she transitioned to from, like, an upper-middle-class lifestyle. And then not talking to my dad, not talking to my older sisters, not really having a relationship with them. I was very, I think... I didn't really fully understand, like, the dynamics of a connected, loving family. And so that made me not even really want to desire family. Like, that made me just want to, like, just want to put my head down, work hard, make money. And that's really was, like, the main thing that I valued. But as I transitioned into adulthood and I explored therapy, And I started to work through a lot of, like, the traumas that we had gone through as a family. I started getting to know my older sisters more. Um, I started getting to know myself more. I realized that, like, especially with y'all's love, like, that you keep pouring into me, I realized, like, everything that's happened to us, That's it's been incredibly unfortunate. But it's been for a reason. And there's another way to orient and, like, to put together your family. And that's when I realized like, okay, I want to I want to take some things from what my parents have done, but I also want to do other things from what my parents have done. And And just to kind of wrap up and answer the question, I hope to not have my family, my future family that I now want to have, I will do whatever I can to keep all of us together because I know how difficult it can be when the family is like fractured like that.
1: Going off of what like Bolu's just said, Unlike how we never got to actually experience each other's and even though we were separated, one thing I do I did appreciate it about our parents was how no matter how hard it was to like call or stay connected, like they never made us forget like that we are siblings and they did everything to like make sure that no one was, like, beefing anybody. Like, no one was against anyone. And as we grew up, we found ways to now be each other's anchors. Like, we hold each other down. Like, our family, like, our the siblings alone, we are so tight. And I'm so grateful of how... We hold each other down. Like we are so close. It's crazy because pe- when I moved to the UK a few years ago, and everyone's like, "Wow, have you and your sister Esther been always been this close?" If I sat everyone down and told them I literally just met this lady like a, a few years ago, <laughs> nobody would believe me <laughs> because. We didn't have that opportunity to, like, be sisters. We had to work on it. We literally had to work on being sisters. Even when I moved here, it was still a learning process for the both of us to, like, get to know each other, to have that relationship with each other. But now we're tight. Just like how in the beginning Esther was like, oh, MJ, is my bestie. That's how I used to address Bolu. Bulu and I were besties because that's how we grow up. But I can honestly say now that like my all my sisters like we're best friends. We're yeah. so close.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, totally. Thank you, but Bo- Thank you both for that. Honestly, that's um. Oh, that got me. My water works out, and I did promise that this year we're not going to do vulnerability. <laughs> but it looks like I'm not winning on that side, right? No, thank you, thank you for pulling all of that apart, like, for every plate of food, for every, for every friend that I fought, for every person I've had to respond to, for every attitude I've had to have in the past couple years, because of my sister, hopefully whoever is listening to this would understand if you've ever been caught in the part of it, because Tolu is right about the fact that we only just met each other a couple years back, just a few years ago, thanks to COVID. Now, there's a story. My next question, my next question is actually because we need to try and wrap this up. I don't like to laugh the episodes too long. Um, my next question, which is, you know, if we can share, I think Bolu and, and Tolu and, sh- and Bolu have shared, Moma shared, but MJ, I'd like you to share one story. But before you share, if you allow me, I would share one story. Can we share any specific moments or memories that stand out? particularly challenging or worming in our journey through family separation. I've got two that I want to share. The first one is when Tolu visited the UK and I sort of tro- met her as an adult, there was a day my sister was dressing up in a room, in the room where we, you know, like, you know, I don't live in a big house, but we gave her a room to herself.
1: Like, you will, you never, that stop will story, never stop telling
0: me. I will never stop telling that story. <laughs> I will never stop telling the story. Like she was in that room dressing up and I was just like, Oh, my sister is there. I'm just going to go into the room. She slammed the door in my face. If it was metal, I will have a lifelong bruise on my face because she didn't want me to come into the room because she was dressing up. She was my sister.
1: Just like Daisy says now, just like Daisy says, I didn't want you to see my privacy. Okay.
0: (laughs) hello Like <laughs> she's my sister and i was shocked i literally called our big sister then and i'm like it's weird she won't even let me see her you know changing into clothes or something like i feel weird and since then it was just like a block because as soon as you do that because i have friends that i can go into the room while they're changing but my sister my blood sister my immediate younger sister will not allow me into a room to see her change because i just wanted to have a chat with her or pick something from that room by the way yeah that was one now it's changed now you know what i can even go and scrub her back in the shower.
1: <laughs> i mean and just like i said earlier like i literally just met this lady just met yeah. you yeah but yeah he, he, I, I was not of that, like i you knew know. you're my i know you're my sister i know i love you i yeah. know you know like i'm supposed but i just don't know you like that
2: wow yeah. that
1: was I, I that was real it was that real. Was...
2: it was real now we I... all that for your children uh,
4: sorry mom what did you say none of you will wish all that for your children
0: no we don't no. we definitely sorry. don't like i i'm so happy with what we're bringing up right now and my uh, and mj is doing the same thing with her children so mj has got a boy and a girl and the link and the, the, the bond that she's developing between them, you can already see the love that they love each other. And then the okay. same thing I'm putting in place with my, with my daughters as well. Mm-hmm. I've got a six year old and a, and a 16 month old. And I'm like, you know, you've got to, they, your, your, that's your sister that God forbid anything ever happen and, and they get separated, but they will always know that, that you know, there's more to family than just, yeah, she's my sister and, and that. The second, the second experience, the second memory I want to share is, yeah, is the one that is painful, but I'm glad that I've I've been able to overcome that now. There was a period and I was back in Belgium at the time and it was Mother's Day. People were celebrating Mother's Day. So every now and again, I get gift from my mom. I get gift from my dad, like maybe once in a blue moon that I can't even remember. And sometimes it just doesn't happen um, just because they wanted to continue to keep. You've heard my sisters mention that one thing our parents sort of did right was, they made us aware of the fact that we're siblings and we need to keep that bond going. So I, I was in that period or season where I wanted to like share something with my mom. I, I It's just a matter of posting a card to her. It's Mother's Day in the state, Even though it's, it was going to take three weeks or, or a month to get to her, I still wanted to do that. And I entered a, a store, a shop to buy cards for Mother's Day. And I, every card I picked, every Mother's Day card I picked it just did not align with the kind of relationship i shared with my mother i read it and it just didn't make sense because i didn't share that with my mother at the time it was not my definition of what a mother was because she was just a woman i knew gave birth to me cared and loved me for the hmm. first 13 years of my life but now in my early 20s i'm trying to pick up a mother's day card for her and she w- there was just no definition that that fit what we had at the time i ended up not buying a card for her that day because i just left the store in tears there was no card in store to meet to to define the very title related relationship we had which is just me knowing oh she's mom and my daughter every other card in the store that day was too sentimental Too emotional, too deep, and I just did not share that with her. Thank goodness now, God forbid, if she needs half of my heart to leave, I will cut it to her.
2: The doctor on this call is thinking,
0: No, you can't cut your heart, but yeah, I will give it to her if she ever needed it because we share something right now. And those are some, a lot more memories that I could share. But I want to go to my big sister now, MJ, because of our time. MJ. Can you share one, at least one or two stories or memories of, you know, what the separation cost? Did that the consequences mm-hmm. or a good memory that you'd like to share with the listeners or not for my village people?
2: Um. Well, the, the separation thing, sort of, I'll pick one from Nigeria when I was in Nigeria. Initially when mommy left, because we, like we said, we had... We are, we were we were these silver spoon kids. We had maids in the house, we had aunties taking care of us and all that. I wanted to prepare soup for me and my sister to eat and I could not really figure out how to put it together. So my Friday, the lady, she, she's she's a friend and she lives opposite. Like a yeah, neighbor. Yeah, a neighbor, yeah. So I I told her and then she took me to her house and then she prepared the soup right in front of me. So I missed that part because I was just finishing secondary school. So to cook soup and then coming back home, my mom was not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody was there to put me through. So that I missed that. And from there, I put myself together and then I started doing things better. And the other one was when I was 21. Yeah. and. At that time, my dad was not there. My mom was not there. It was a woman that I don't know who bought my 21-year-old birthday cake. I didn't even have anything to celebrate that birthday. And I also remember that separation thing affected one of your birthdays too, Esther. Yeah. Um, it was during Easter time. And it was it was really tough on us because... We had to walk all the way to church. Mm-hmm. And then coming back, the pastor did not know that we, we don't even have gas or kerosene to put. At that time, we had, we had switched from using the gas to stove. Yeah. We just had to incorporate into things that can keep us going. Thank God the house was ours. So nobody was asking us for rent. Yeah. And so they didn't know that we don't even have gas. We don't have kerosene. So they gave us a live chicken mm. and pepper, tomato, tatashi, and rodo to take home. Yeah. We could not do anything with it. We just brought it home and it was there. It was Easter time and it was your birthday. That's one of the that, we cried. I, up. We
4: had Gary on my birthday. We had Gary, yeah.
2: we had Gary at night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. We from from church, me, you, and Tifa, we walked from that church. From Asolo, Ikorodu, we walked from there to our house and we were crying. We were crying. We got home. There was no food on Easter day. (laughs) So that's one of the things that we went through. But one of, I mean, the pros of it is that sort of built me and helped me to understand that, okay, this situation will come and you just have to be able to stand on your feet and keep going it will get better. At the end of the tunnel, there will be light. The most important thing is don't deviate from what you want to achieve exactly because whatever bad thing is it's it's like someone who went to the hospital for a dental issue and they had to numb some part of your some part of your cheeks and in that process you feel, oh, because I can't feel it, you start biting, you start beating it. Trust me. When whatever, when the anesthesia wears off, you will feel the pain. Regret all that that you did to your face, to your okay. lips, to your mouth. So it's better to just stay cool and be focused. Okay, this thing is going to wear off, and then I can have a better face after everything. Yeah, that's 100%. that's one of the lessons I learned from it. I, I we went through a lot, but I just feel. Whatever, Whichever family that are going through this or planning to go through something like this, trust me, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And one of the foundations that I blessed God that we had was auntie Bosé. We grew up with this Christian-like auntie in my daddy's family. So when that situation came, when none of them were around us anymore, we, were, we got stuck with God. Mm-hmm. And with this, with this good behavior of good children, not like running after men, or it, it can be very tempting. It can be very difficult, but we didn't have to do that, and I think that really helped us. That helped us a lot, Thank a you. lot. Yeah, yeah. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you so much for yeah. that. From what, from what MJ um, has just said, you know, foundation is key. Mm-hmm. You don't wait don't wait till a certain age to instill in your children what it is that you want their future to be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There is no point waiting. It's very, very important. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I learned on this journey, because you don't know what life may bring. When Mm -hmm. the war, the first world war, second world war, when it happened, I don't think anybody planned for it. I don't think three years before it, whatever happened with them, you know, Hitler and the right, rest of them and Frank, and, and I don't think the parents sat them around the table and told them, you know what, Han, we might be expecting something like this. The governor or the president of this country might decide to hold us captive because of our religious beliefs and things like, no, nobody, something just changed. Things never change that it changed the whole trajectory of our plans and our future. Mm. To something Mm -hmm. worse than we ever expect. So don't wait. Start to instill in Mm. your children. This morning, actually, funny enough, um, we were going to today's Sunday, we're recording this on a Sunday, and we're going to church this morning, and I was listening to um worship in the car, and suddenly, you know, some of this um gospel songs that are um very um Afrobeat like just went in because I was on Spotify and it just started to play after a song play, because it would Spotify would just speak different songs and, and play it, right? And as soon as it changed, my daughter, my six-year-old said, Mommy, no, 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 I want God's song. And I'm like, hmm. it's God's song. It's just Afro bits. It's God's song. But the fact that she knew the difference between worship and that particular song, I was a proud mother in that moment. She's only six years old. And what my sister said just now about the what was instilled in us by our aunt, it stayed with me and it's still with me till date. And it stayed with a lot of us because it was a, a strong foundation. Yeah. Including the foundation of our parents of being art workers. I remember I've always mm-hmm. looked at my dad, like, how did he do it? Uh, in our house then, we owned our house and some of the struggles that we went through, we always had people around, aunties, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins that would come and stay with us. And it would provide. And one of the things, like, how did he... Actually, when I eventually grew up to actually have adulting wisdom, like, how did he do it then? And then my mom, always dressing up in a very cute, with her blazers and a skirt, and she would just drive <laughs> and leave the house. Even though I didn't have the understanding of where she was living till then, I eventually got to know she owned a boutique and she owned her own businesses and everything. But that woman never left the home tattered. Hmm. My mother never left the home looking like something you don't want to talk to. My mother left home with perfumed sprayed, irrespective of what she was going through in her marriage, looking nice. I always sat down when she's dressing up then.
2: And now that we're all grown, I can I can imagine. Thinking back, I, I think I can really visualize all the things she was going through at that time.
0: Yeah, now we know. Now we know. Yeah. Being, being married will teach you, will let being you know. What that was, just, what my was, mom went through what in was marriage. Quiet mothers. Yeah. 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 She, she was quiet. one of those yeah, yeah, she's one of those people that, you know, you know, growing that's another topic for another day, but she took it all in. Mm-hmm. She took it all in. I know, you know, depending on the generation where your mothers are, um, where your parents um were, were giving birth to in, you know, there's a lot of the same. especially for African families where they like, you know, the mothers stayed because of their children. They endured because of their children. We're not gonna talk about all of that now, but Um, my mom is one of those women that took it all in and endured because of our children. And we're grateful to her for that. Now, I want us to very quickly to round this up and not make this like a forever episode. What lessons have we personally learned? I feel like we've touched upon it one after the other. What lessons have we, but I want us to talk on, you know, individually one lesson each, even from mom as well. What lessons have you learned personally from this experience? And how do you think it has contributed to your personal growth? in the season you're currently in I'll start from the back forward again Tifei let's start from you one lesson that you've learned on this journey
3: um I think the biggest lesson I've learned from this journey is like said, to have faith and to just continue to hold on to that faith just really quickly there is there's a genocide going on right now in Palestine and a lot of those same people are maybe experiencing the stuff that we have experienced over the past uh, few decades. And um, it's very, very difficult and it's very scary. But my faith in God is something that I hope that the people who can um, and may be experiencing this, that they also hold on to their faith in God. And I had to wow. trust that was going to get me through um, and God was going to get all our family through. And I continue to hold on to that
0: faith. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Tolu one lesson that you've learned on this journey.
1: One thing that I've learned on this journey is how much good people in your corner means so much to to your well being, to your life, to how your life progresses and move forward. I feel like without my family there's so much like times where I wouldn't even believe in myself or you know feel the need to do something or even and friends can't help me with it not because they can't but because I just I feel like I shouldn't bother people but like my family wants me to bother them with this stuff like because they feel like that's their job And I reciprocate that to them as well. But, like, just having you guys in my life pushing me to be a better version of myself every day, to know that my life means something, I am worth something, it's just absolutely incredible. And I feel like we, I, I don't know, maybe because we were separated for a while, we know what it means to hold on to something.
2: We value each other. So we
1: value we value the time that we actually do spend with each other, the times that we talk to each other. We value everything. So yeah.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. And um, before I go to my sister, I will um say my own. Um, um when it comes to the lessons that I've learned. One of the lessons, one of the major lessons. And I think my, my big sister also sharing this. So thank you for that. Bully, thank you. Um, One of the lessons that I've learned is um that I don't want a broken home. I do not mm. want a broken home.
2: I'm it's scary. Be,
0: it's scary. I don't want a broken home. I don't want to be separated from my from my children. And um, I'm going to do everything and continue to pray and work hard at keeping my family together. Lessons learned, definitely, like I said before. There's no point waiting. Instill in your children the belief, the faith, the understanding of what it is that you want to continue to see, reflect in their future. Start from now. Don't wait. Um, MJ, let's hear from you. Lessons learned.
2: Well, I think one way or the other, we, we kind of think alike um i also don't want a broken home i know we've talked about it several times yeah just um stay focused with the kids basically it's just exactly what you said so because right now my head is blank i feel like the, the what sort of took a lot yeah, from me this is
0: the law. i know i know this yeah
2: so i yeah. thank you i thank thought you. i was the only one who's cried.
1: no so, <laughs>
0: No, no, this, no this I could not incredible. hold it
2: because it was a lot. But I mean, it's scary to have a separated family. And like I used to say to everybody, spiritually, there's this thing that I feel within me there is this huge umbrella over the children. Two hands are holding an umbrella together. Once it's separated, the umbrella goes into half. Yeah. The woman holds one part, the man holds one part. Trust me. That other part that seems to be straight. Yeah. If there is sun, if there is rain, any child that the other part of that child is going to be affected by that weather. Hundred
0: percent.
2: That's the way I visualize it in my head, and i would rather prefer that umbrella to be old, so that at least some storms of life will not be what the life is difficult enough already. Then having them to have extra bag to bag on because two people did not decide to agree or so yeah it keep is
1: in a, mind keep in mind please separate that stupid umbrella if he's if abusive if it's yes, abusive, yeah. domestic yeah. violence if yeah. it's you know, yeah,
2: exactly. if yeah, it's exactly. yeah please but separate it, umbrella we don't yeah, need I, that I, yeah I strongly agree with you some people listening to this will not be like oh I have to endure no no it no, it's not like that. But don't die before your time, yeah. Don't die before you your time. To
0: keep an umbrella together. Yeah. No, exactly. No, the umbrella exactly. is not even worth it in that season because yeah. you're traumatizing the kids. The kids are already traumatized, so traumatized. the future is already broken yeah. and yeah. affected and, yeah. and, and, and severed So, there's no point yeah. of it.
2: Thank you so and, much. Um, yeah, for ahead. now, I, c- I can't even take my kids anywhere without me being there. Like, I can't allow them to sleep elsewhere. At a friend's place without me going there. So I think it, that's one of the trauma. Like, yeah, Don't separation.
0: be separated from them. Yeah, yeah. because separation. I want them to
2: know me. And remember, Esther mentioned, she wanted to get a card for mom. I I sometimes had that same feeling at some point in my life. I feel like I don't know my mom. I feel like it was because of all that se- separation or whatever. So me now, I inten- I'm so intentional with my kids. We talk together. I want them to tell me things that is going on. So when they grow, they'll be like, oh, I have things to say about mommy. We watch their, all their cartoon movies together. I sit in their middle and we eat in one plate. I just want them to be stuck with. So th- those were one of the things I learned from what we had and how Storms of Life was about to take every other thing away from us. And I'm trying to incorporate that in my family so that they will not have such thing. Thank you.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. And now we'll go to the queen of all queens, you know, the mother of all mothers, you know, your mother is special. Your mother is beautiful. Your mother is everything, but my mother is
3: everything. (laughs) Everything.
0: (laughs) My mother is everything. So I don't, you know, I don't know what you're talking about right now, but again, like I said, it's my platform. My mother is everything. So let's hear from (laughs) um, one lessons learned
4: on this. yeah, Yeah. With this whole journey of separation. My own is going to be like an advice for all mothers, Mm. upcoming mothers, try as much as possible to let your children be bond together. Mm. And uh, upcoming mothers, do not even start any relationship with anybody that will not get you to the promised land. Mm. What I mean by that is do not start, do, man or woman, do not go into any relationship with any, any partner that will not get you to the promised land. Mm. I mean, promised land is in the aspect of uh, you being able, both of you, to be able to sit down together and raise the family together in one accord. Don't do it. And the second one is maybe people might say, I'm saying too much. But I know it's not too much. You do not have children more than what you can raise because mm. any situation can come at any time. Preach, that, mom, any, preach. Make you become both mother and father, or you become father and mother of your children. So try to have what you know your energy can take care of so that i proud of them in the future, and they can be proud of you as well. Oh, thank uh-huh. you so much. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. Advice from- if
0: you don't, ha- thank you so much, mommy. Thank you. Thank you all so right.
4: very much. If you thank don't you have a sister. Platform and thank you for having me.
0: 100%. Bye. 100%. 100%. Thank you so much, mommy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Before you all go, I just want to show appreciation to you all. And I'm sure whoever is clicked into this particular episode can um, say the same thing as well. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for staying here. Thank you for being here um, with this particular episode. I really appreciate you all and I appreciate your time as well. And just as a roundup as well, through the valleys of separation, our family's love is the mountain that rises above on and wavering. You can go through stuff. You will go through stuff. Definitely. Oh, that. Well, above all, I hope Good. your family, you and your family listening to well, this, right I, I hope you all get the second chance and the opportunity to actually be together and continue <clears throat> to connect when it comes yeah. to and things like that. And whatever decision that you're making for your family right now that you believe in this season is right for you, I hope you do not regret it. And that you get what it is that you're looking for from it, but it's never gonna be easy because you know people are still leaving, people are still migrating from Africa, people are still migrating from different countries, from war zone from one war zones to other part of the world because they are looking for peace, they are looking for greener pastures and things like that. If you're still making the decision for yourself, just be intentional about keeping the bond between your family because family will always be family. Now I know people say family is not just blood. That's true because you know I. And my siblings generally are to also, they, at some point they are to find other families outside of the blood relationship that they share with their actual family members. But I hope that you still keep the ones that you have a blood relationship with. And and I, I just pray for blessings. And I hope you get one or two things from this particular episode. i you, uh, wishing you all the best, all the very best on your journey through whatever it is that you're going through right now with your family. I know it's a serious episode, but you know, I'll still keep it real. Um, sisters, misters, um, I wish you all the very best with everything and thank you. Thank you to my to my wonderful family. Thank you for, to my sisters for joining me on this particular episode. It's family separations, the consequences and lessons learned through our own spectacles, through our own glasses, through our own views and our perspectives. Thank you all so much and God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. It's the 40th episode,
3: guys. We made it. Thank (laughs) you. Bye for now. Bye, bye, bye.
0: Wow. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think? Family separation. Come here to share our story. Um, For those of you that are still going through it, for those of you that are about to make decisions, that's going to start you on this journey, I wish you all the very best this is not the worst. There are worse situations. Now, my parents' marriage did not survive the separation. It didn't, but there were a lot more to it. I don't think it was just the separation. (laughs) They didn't survive it, but we, the children, we're surviving it. I wonder what our relationship would be like if we were actually together, if we were always together. It's. I wouldn't say it didn't affect us. It sort of affected us. I think it did affect us. It did affect us from everything you've heard today. But we're finding our way back. We're better than where we were before. And we're working really hard and with intention to definitely be better. To definitely be in a better place. Just remember that family separation teaches us the value of presence and the strength of resilience. It reminds us that love knows no distance. And the truth is that the pain of family separation is real. It's real, guys. It's real. But so is the strength we gain from enduring it. Okay? So if you're going through it, endure. Don't give up. The sun will shine again. Separation is like a test of endurance. It challenges us to hold on to love even when miles apart. So when you ever see, when next you see that sister, mister, that loves so hard, that gives heart freely, You don't know what they're going through. We all carry a level of trauma. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what's made them the way they are. If you can't help them, don't add to their situation. If you can't support them, if you can't teach them or help them be different somewhat by loving them, not criticizing them or judging them or making the pain even worse, then please just leave them and let them be. But if you can help them, support them through it, go ahead and do so. We all need people in our corner. We need someone to continue to show us love because family separation is like a storm. It may shake you to your core, but it cannot break the bonds of love, true love that holds you together. Hold on to the true love, the blood ties. I wish you all the very best on your journey, your experience. And hopefully this has told you that you're not alone if you're listening to this and you've been through it before. Look at yourself in the mirror. You're not a misfortune. You're not a disappointment. You're not a problem. Life has just happened to you. Now, it's your decision how you let it treat you. They say time heals wounds. But let time heal it for you. Let time heal your wound. Allow time to because if you do not allow time to heal your wounds, it won't happen so let time heal your wounds i wish you all the very best please guys show us some love don't be a village people on this particular two episodes that i've just taken time out to put together for you don't be a village people we're on youtube spotify on a lot of other podcast platforms show some love on instagram show some love on youtube drop a comment if you have some questions to ask yeah please feel free god there's amazing people and connect and network that we would love to answer. And I'd, I'd love to tackle tackle it myself as well. Thank you so much. If it's an email you want to send as well to make it more private, don't forget we've got an email address. It's notformyvillagepeople at gmail.com. All right. Okay. Until next time, stay blessed, stay loving, stay healing. God bless you. Bye for now.